So this is a portion of scripture for us this morning. For this reason, Paul writes, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, so that you may know him better. And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, and in his incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power, that incomparably great power, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. In this portion of scripture for us this morning, on this day of thanksgiving, we get a glimpse into Paul's prayer life, into the how he prays, into what he prays, and why he prays. And the glimpse that we get is that Paul's prayer life is filled and centered and grounded and fueled by giving thanks. I have not stopped giving thanks for you. We know that today is a day for giving thanks. We also know that today is a day for turkey, for eating too much with the people you love, or at least the ones you're related to. You caught that. But that's not about your family. And we have a pretty good picture of what today or this weekend is supposed to look like. A big table, a big turkey, and you throw in some decorative pumpkins and gourds and a few smiling people passing side dishes that look perfect, and you've got yourself a Thanksgiving picture that is ready for Instagram. So what are we doing here? This is not usually part of that Instagram-ready Thanksgiving dinner that we're seeing everywhere. What are we doing here on a Monday? Didn't we just do this? Now maybe you're here because if the church has a service, you show up. 
no question. And maybe you're here because, well, it's simply what you do, and when the ensemble plays, you show up because you know it will fill this space and sound beautiful, which it does. Or maybe you're here because where else would you go? Or maybe you're here because like Paul, you understand that on a day that is devoted to thanks, to saying thank you for all that you have, for all that you are, well, that there's actually only one place to be with God's people praising his name. For whatever reason brought you here this morning, we have entered a space together that invites us to take a step away from the decorative gourds and the big turkey and to turn our focus from the family table to getting those mashed potatoes just right and into a space of prayer, of thanksgiving, with a different focus, with a different feel. And I think Paul, in his prayer of thanksgiving, helps us reorient and tether our prayers of thanksgiving to this space and with this group of people. Because he gives us a different picture of what giving thanks looks like. Right before our passage this morning, at the very beginning of Ephesians, if you look at the beginning part of chapter 1, Paul breathlessly lays out, basically in actually one long, humongous sentence where he almost doesn't take a breath, he lays out the scope of God's saving work for us in Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in whom, in, before the beginning of creation, in this world, to be holy, to be blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption, we have forgiveness, we have the riches of God's grace, that he has lavished on us, though we don't deserve it. And you, even you, Paul says, were included in all of this through Christ, in this gospel of good news and salvation, and given the Holy Spirit a deposit guaranteeing your freedom in Christ until the full redemption of all of God's people in the kingdom to come. And all of this to the praise of his glory. Amen. I broke it up, because that's one long sentence to say, and I have a cold, and there's no way that I was going to get through all of that in one go. It's almost as if Paul just couldn't stop himself. That all of this good news just wells up inside of him and pours out, and he just can't stop describing this incredibly lavish, beautiful gift of grace that we have received in Jesus that we have received. Not because we're particularly special or perfect, but because of who God is and who we need him to be. This is the prayer of a man who is rooted in gratitude 
and filled with a sense of awe. All at what Jesus means for us and with us. So that's right before our passage. And then when we we opened it and, and read our portion of scripture for this morning, it begins with, and for this reason, you know, all of that that I just said, that one long, humongous sentence I couldn't barely just contain, you know, for that reason, for that reason, because of all of that, what God has done in us and for us and with us. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in Jesus, your love for God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul pivots from that exuberant praise of God to an equally exuberant prayer for this church in Ephesus, for this congregation of God's people in a particular place. And he has heard that this church, this congregation, well, they've become known for their faith that they have in Jesus, and not just that, but for the love that they practice with one another, and for God's people everywhere. Paul's response to to learning of their well-known faith, their their well-practiced love, is to give thanks for them. Over and over again, I can't stop giving thanks for you. And he remembers them in his prayers. I keep asking, and I love that it's continual. It's not like, oh, and I asked that, I asked this. But Paul uses the language of, I keep asking over and over again as I continually pray for you. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better and better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, may be lit up with joy and wisdom and discernment in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of this glorious gift of grace, and to know this incomparable power that is God's for us. I keep asking, I keep praying, I continue to give thanks, and I continue to remember you in my prayers. I wonder what it was like for this brave little church in Ephesus to know that the great apostle Paul was praying for them. And not just once, because he had to write a letter to them, and that was kind of his pastoral practice, but that they were dear to him, and he continually held them in prayer, remembering them, giving thanks for them. That every time he talked to God, they popped up in his thoughts, because they were precious to him, and he gave thanks for them. And not only just said thanks, but continually asked for their growth in faith, in relationship, in love, That just because they were known for something doesn't mean that they've fulfilled it, that they can't love better or have deeper faith. To continue to grow, to root themselves in that grace and that gratitude, 
and to live in awe and in hope. We may not know what it's like to have the Apostle Paul pray for us, but we do know the gift, I think. We, we do know the power, the blessing of being prayed for by one another. At least I hope you do. It's one of, the, it's one of my favorite things um, about having a church from this perspective as a pastor is I just get to witness and often be present for all the ways in which you pray for one another. The, the way that our elders and deacons gather around those who have finished their term in office and they lay hands on those who are ending their term and they thank God for all the faithful ways in which these servants have served and loved and cared for God's people. And it is a beautifully holy moment, especially when ministry can make you feel like you've just never done enough. To have God's people gather around you and say, thank you, good and faithful servant. For the ways I've witnessed ministry leaders, volunteer leaders, as they plan out a new ministry year, whether that's for GEMS or cadets, for laugh or coffee break or Sunday school, friendship, just the way in which these leaders and these ministry leaders come together and pray for all of those who participate. And, and not just that they'll show up and have a good year, but that everyone who participates, everyone who comes, that they grow in knowing Jesus, that they grow in their love for one another. And I've seen the faithful ways in which you pray for one another whether that's a concern that's in the bulletin, that's well known to all of us, or it's concerns raised in our communities that kind of stay there in that tight-knit network, or it's those private prayer needs that only a few know. It's a little too painful, or a little too precious, or it's a little too hard to share. And I see the ways in which you love and care for one another through prayer. And it is a beautiful sight to see. The gift, the power, and the blessing of that. And this is what distinguishes us as a church from just another social club that we belong to. Of like-minded people with a shared interest. Because as God's people, we lean on the spirit to move among us challenging us, connecting us, growing us. And we trust that there is a God to pray to, who not only hears, but who acts on the things we ask. For us, and with us, and between us, when we pray for and with each other. So on this day of turkey, on this day of pie, on this day of thanksgiving, I invite you to give thanks like Paul, to practice praying like him, 
to pray with awe and thanksgiving for all that God has blessed us with, absolutely, for the gift of love and belonging, the gift of redemption and forgiveness, the gift of being promised to be made whole, for the gift of Jesus, the one who makes our hope possible, and to pray with thanksgiving for the love and the faith of God's people, for those that God has placed around us who challenge us, who bless us, who help us grow in our faith, who teach our children and teach us, who carry us when we falter, who show us what service looks like, and who also pray for us, often without ceasing, and often when we need it the most. So in the midst of gathering around your family table, giving thanks for one another, giving thanks for the food that's on the table, for the year behind and looking forward to the year ahead, as you do that work together as a family, I invite this family to give thanks for one another. We gathered around our table yesterday at Lord's Supper. And here's our time to gather in prayer for each other, not in what we need, but in thanksgiving for each other's presence, for the gift of a congregation to call home, for the gift of people who hold us, pray for us, and show us what God's love can look like. And we pray for each other, we give thanks to God, knowing that the one to whom we pray has incomparably great power for all of those who believe, who pray in Jesus' name. It's that power that is the same as the mighty strength that God used to raise Jesus from the dead and then seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above rules and authority and power and dominion in every name that is invoked. God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's us, folks. We are members of that body, of that church. So may we never stop giving thanks to God for his gifts of grace and faith, for love and hope, for belonging and community. And may we never stop giving thanks for one another, remembering each other in our prayers. This family, this gathering, this little pocket of God's people. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen? Amen. Amen.